Welcome to Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. As always, thanks for joining us this week. Now, I hope as you listen to the show, obviously that you feel my passion, that I really want to help you shift your paradigm of thinking of that word sales, right? That's icky, sleazy and manipulation. And just get you over there that we always have to be coming from love, care and respect. And to help you on that journey, I have a free gift for you. If you go to my website, I have a link that um, shows you your natural communication style and it spotlights how people perceive you in real life. And what are those strengths? What are those natural strengths and superpowers? Flip side, you also get a second report, which spotlights your blind spot, which are hidden, which actually I think um, helps us move the needle of whatever change or whatever we're trying to do in our life, because it shows us what those blind spots and challenges might be that we're facing. So go to Whitman is so I'm sorry, go to changing the slash communication style assessment. And I will put that link in the show notes. Now, my motivational quote today is by Anne Lamott and Anne says, almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you. Now, burnout is real and can affect all areas of our life. How do we reach that point of exhaustion and burnout? And I think more importantly, how can we avoid it altogether? Um, Now, while we often point to external circumstances that um, the demands or the culture of our job or our kids or soccer practice, whatever it might be, So much of what leads to burnout is the way we think about those circumstances and our beliefs about ourselves. In the next half hour, you're going to find out how our minds contribute to your exhaustion and what you can do to turn it around. So we're going to give you another little tool to dig in and see your own personal wiring. Now, my guest today is my good friend, and she's back, I think, for the second or third time, uh, Dr. Dr. Sharon Grossman. Now, Sharon is a success coach, speaker, and author of the Amazon bestseller, The 7E Solution to Burnout. Um, She helps high achievers crack the code of their burnout so they can find tailored solutions for recovery. If you've tried workshops and therapy and feel nothing sticking, working with Dr. Sharon will show you how you could totally transform your relationship with your work by working on yourself instead of trying to change your job or career. Um, She shared her ground uh, yet practical approach with numerous organizations, nonprofits, and universities. So please help me welcome the amazing Dr. Sharon to the show. Sharon, thanks for being on. Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) I know, I, I, I know I'm a dork and I love having you on and I love talking about this because the tool that we're going to talk about today, like my communication style assessment, it's another layer, if you will, that we peel back our own onion and start to get some insight. And the other thing is that I know you're the burnout expert and I feel like everybody is burning out lately. So yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and it's interesting, kind of like the way you were saying how we often will point to our circumstances and say, oh, it's COVID. Oh, it's my boss. Oh, it's my organization. It's my industry. And those are the reasons why I'm burned out. In fact, I recently had a client who, when she got on a call with me, said, why should I have to work on my mindset when it's really the industry that's the problem, right? And so it was kind of interesting when we did a little exercise and within, you know, about 30 seconds, she started to say how, oh, if I went to work focusing on the things that I 
currently appreciate about my job, as opposed to all the things that I don't like about my job, I would feel a lot lighter. And it's like, wow, look at that. Like nothing's actually changed (laughs) except for what you focus on, right? So it is really amazing. And one of the things that we discovered by working together is that the reason she was burning out is because she's such a perfectionist that it was taking her a lot longer to get her work done. She would take on more than was really required and would come early and stay late. And that basically translated into not having enough time for herself, right? So she'd get home late and she'd have to grab a sandwich instead of having a nice dinner. And she didn't have time for her friends or for doing anything fun. And then you just kind of wake up and do the same thing every day. Groundhog day. Exactly. So of course people are going to be bitter. It's funny. uh, Yesterday I was up with a corporate client and uh, one of the young men, he said, oh, you have a typo in the manual. It was a job aid I created. And now the head of of training, every time I make a change to a manual, like she has to redo. And sometimes she copies them in advance, especially if we have several classes scheduled. So I said to him, thank you so much for sharing that. And he goes, you're not going to do anything with it, are you? I said, can I be honest? It's one word in a 50 page manual. If I do that, you know, Jackie and training, she'll kill me. So thank you for pointing that out. If and when I do make a change to the manual that we have other things that we have to change, right? The content itself or a form or whatever that was there specifically to the organization. I said, I'll, I'll make a note and I'll change it. And he just laughed. And because in DISC, right, which is what this organization uses for a behavioral model, I'm an ID. So it's like, yeah, it's a typo. You know, do you know what the word is? Then we're good to go. But it's that idea of that we get stuck of, oh, I have to redo the whole manual. Then what do you do you really have to redo the whole manual? Is it good now if it was an impactful error? Yeah, of course, I would have redone the manual. But one word in a job aid, it's not even worth the effort or energy to go back and do something differently that's going to affect so many things that we already have the balls that we already have in the air. So it's picking and choosing, right, Sharon, to some extent? Yeah, and I would say, you know, the the system that I use for personality is called bank. And that sounds like a blueprint. That person who is very, very structured, likes to go by the rules. And so for them, it does actually matter. Exactly. So, So what happens is you work in an organization with people who have different personality codes and you don't understand why they're making such a big deal out of the little thing. And they don't understand why it's so hard for you to just do the one little thing. It's not that big a deal. Just do the damn thing, right? And that's where so much conflict and stress happens in the workplace because we don't understand each other. We're not speaking each other's language. Because we're coming, and and here's the thing too, Sharon, and I know you teach it this way as well, right? Whether it's bank or disc or my CSA, it doesn't matter. These are wonderful tools. And I believe that people resonate with different things or or they land better. So that's why I'm excited to talk about bank with you today. But I, I giggle because as soon as you teach these models or, or again, this tool, this it's, it's a tangible tool for people from an application standpoint, as they communicate and navigate humans, because that's who we deal with. All of a sudden they're like, oh, that's why my husband is driving me crazy. Or that's why my daughter does that with her homework. And all of a sudden you've just helped them meet the other person halfway 
without effort because it's it's just an understanding. We all have yes. filters and biases. And all of a sudden, when you, you define that filter of what's really going on, you, you have all these aha moments. So I love it. Before we get into the personality coding and, and all of that, define for everybody what burnout is. And, and I think maybe even more importantly, how can we know that we're in the throes of burnout? Excellent question. So burnout, just to keep it really simple, is chronic stress. So we all know what stress feels like. Stress is when we feel like there's too much to do and too little time, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or our jobs require us to do too much with too little resources, whatever that means for whatever your work situation is, right? And so we start to feel squeezed. And we can all handle acute stress, but when we feel like it's unrelenting, you mentioned Groundhog's Day earlier, um, it, it feels like everything's coming down on you, then you start to feel crushed. And I like to use this quote. This is um, somebody who did a, an excellent job talking about burnout in a conference and he described his own experience. And so I like to use this because he uses great metaphors to explain it. His name is Arthur Doler. And he says, burnout for me is this feeling like I'm the only one who can accomplish something or the only thing standing between success and failure. It's a feeling of just sheer unmitigated anxiety gnawing at my core the feeling of pushing rocks up hills and having them roll back down on me. That's burnout. That is powerful. What was the, I think it was Greek, the Seth, I'm not going to say his name, name, right. The, the image of the male pushing the boulder up the hill. Um, it, it's a, a, a syph- I'm going to, I want to say syphilis and I know that that's wrong. Syphilis. syphilis, something like that. But yeah, so it's that same image. So yeah. everybody, you know, as you're listening, right. Do you feel like you have that boulder, that weight of the world that you're pushing uphill all the time? What a great visual um, to describe his burnout and what burnout is. That's, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Why, why is it important that we crack our burnout code? Yeah. So there's a lot of people out there that talk about burnout recovery, and there's a lot of people who are burned out, who maybe will go out and take a vacation, take some time away from work. They come back, they feel better, right? So you're like, so why do we have to take this extra step? And the reason I think it's actually really important is because it comes back to that idea of self-awareness, right? You have to understand what led you personally to burn out because it's different for everybody. In the same way that I get stressed out over things that maybe don't stress you out and you get stressed out about things that I'm not stressed out about, we're going to have different versions of triggers and stressors and things, and also different coping mechanisms. So if you don't understand what led you to burnout, and then you just take a generic approach to recovery, what happens more times than not is you end up burning out a second time and a third time. And then you're kind of like, okay, you know what? My career is the problem. Obviously I've tried everything. I keep burning out. I have to find something else and reinvent myself. And I'm here to say that While that may be the case, most of the time, it's just the fact that you're using 
some generic approach for recovery because you don't really understand what brought you to burnout. And so if we can start to get into the weeds and figure out what is your burnout profile, what are the things that have led you specifically to burnout, then we can find out who else had a very similar profile and what helped them. And maybe there's a match there. Maybe what helped other people who have your version of burnout would be a better solution than just everybody go on vacation. That's right. Everything doesn't work for everyone. Everyone. It's the same thing, Sharon, you know, you know, I've talked, we talk business all the time and, you know, I, and I say this all the time, I might not be the right person to help you with your sales journey, right. To, to make more money, get better, whatever it is that you're looking at, you know, that word sales, I'm, I might not be your cup of tea and that's okay. And if you're dealing with burnout, maybe Sharon isn't your cup of tea and that's okay. But if you listen and you hear the perspective and expand your perspective, that's where the change can begin, I think. And that's where we could say, oh, I did take a vacation. Oh, I felt good for a week. And then it was the same crap after that. Well, then maybe the vacation isn't the answer for you. That blanket, take a vacation, take time off, simplify your life, whatever that means for you. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with that. What are the three, I know you talk about three factors that comprise someone's burnout code. Can you give us some insight with that? Yeah. So a a simple way to remember this is the acronym PEP, P-E-P. And the first P stands for your programming. So your programming is basically everything that you absorbed as a young person on this planet when you were that blank slate and you let that become your reality. So what do I mean by that? And, you know, I'm sure there are some people that can relate to this, but it could be that you've had some sort of adverse experience in childhood. It could be the way that you were conditioned to think and behave. It could be any sort of role modeling from your parent. If you were discriminated against and what you made that mean, all of your beliefs, the way that you cope with stress, the decisions that you've made in the past or that you continue to make because of this mindset, any sort of intergenerational trauma, there are so many different things that contribute to how you show up and, and everything that is your schema for the world, right? And some examples that I can share from people who I've interviewed on my podcast uh, include, you know, hey, dad had a strong work ethic. So I grew up seeing him work as hard as he did. That's why I work as hard as I do. And that's what led me to burnout. Or um, I have to be strong so I can't show my emotions. And what happens when you're feeling all this stress and you're trying to keep it all down and you're not getting social support and you're, you know, trying to pretend like everything's fine. It's not fine. It's not fine. And the more you do that, like the more of a red flag it actually is because you're going to burn out faster, right? Or somebody who says self-care is selfish. So I just focus on everybody else's needs And, you know, and they become a martyr and that we already know doesn't work. So we, where does this come from? This all comes from our programming. The more you understand that, the more you can realize that there's no truth in these things. These are just things that your brain has attached itself to. And if it doesn't work, we got to change it. And I, I want to comment on that because it's real important. The first two examples, I'm, I was giggling. I don't know if you saw me go, uh, yeah, can I raise my hand here? I'm, that's totally me. 
you know, my dad, his work ethic and my mom too, for that extent, and, and even their families, you know, their siblings and, and parents, it was about hard work, hard work, hard work. You know, my, my mom's dad worked three, four jobs, you know, they, she grew up during the depression. So he, you know, you make money the way you can, but then even after things got better, he continued to work three or four jobs, right? So what did he learn from his parents? So this element of nose to the grindstone, work hard. That's what I was taught. That's what I knew. And through my journey, you know, talking to people like you on the podcast and my own stuff that, you know, working through years of, of hiring people for my own um, help, my self-help, the bottom line is that was his journey. That doesn't have to be my journey, right? I do believe that you, you can't blame others and you do have to own it and you do have to work hard and all those things, but you can't work hard to the point where you, you don't come up for air. And this, the second example you gave, it was work hard. And the other one was uh, be strong. And it's but funny it's not, because it's not showing your emotions, not showing emotions. And, and I know for myself, you know, my dad was always this rock of Gibraltar and never, ever showed his emotional being. Now that he's older, he does, which I love to see him share and f- be vulnerable with my siblings and I. But I'll tell you, it my my motto, especially probably my first 20 years in, in corporate suck it up, pick up your big girl pants, keep moving on, just do it. And that's horrible to have that type of, of self-talk of like your feelings don't matter. Just push it down, move on and just dig in horrible. It's horrible. But again, that persona of strength and not being vulnerable, it's dangerous. It's really dangerous. I actually like to tell people if you treated your friends the way that, you know, you treated or no, it's more like if you, if you treated your work the way that you treat yourself, you wouldn't have a job. Right. Because we don't treat ourselves well at all. We treat ourselves like what you just said about pull up your big girl pants. We say that to ourselves all the time, but if somebody else said that to us, would we not lose our mind? Would we not be like, Oh my God, how dare you? How toxic is my work environment? I got to get out of this job, but we say this to ourselves all day long. Right. Crazy. It's crazy. The human brain is an interesting it's, thing. It is. And, and, and you and I, we talked, we talked about priming brain priming, I think yes. the last time. Right. And yes. which I love too. Oh my God. Another great con con content guys go back and listen to that show too. Sharon was brilliant as always. Um, but the brain environment, our ancestors, our DNA, like all of this affects yes. how we perceive and see the world. And, and if you, if you push it down and pick up your big girl pants, you're going to, you're going to be in burnout mode a lot. Right. Exactly. Do, do you have any other comment on that before I ask my next question? I just want to make sure that I don't cut you off. No, no, go ahead. My next one is there. I, I know you talk about the three biggest environmental influences on well-being yeah. that yeah. contribute to burnout. Cause this is, again, let's peel, keep peeling back this onion because it's fascinating. Right. So we said the, the PEP model starts with your programming E stands for your environment. And so we want to talk about um, what, what does that include? So environment can be your work culture, right? One of the guys that I interviewed for my podcast is named Jamie Getgood. He was the director of HR for General Motors Australia. And the way he described the work culture was, quote, we were mistreating people. We weren't communicating well. And there are lots of factors, right, that were toxic in the environment. And that really led everybody to burn out, right? Another person said, when a society is very individualistic, 
it's so much harder for people to ask for help. That's another example of a work culture, right? If, if our work culture is not um, embracing these concepts that we're talking about, and it has the same mindset that we have as high achievers, then everybody's going to end up burning out at the end. And we're seeing that we're seeing like 50 plus percent of the workforce burning out. So something has to change. Right. And I, I'm always a proponent of how can you help yourself? Because you cannot sit around and wait for them to make any sort of changes. Bureaucracies are notoriously slow and like it benefits them on some level. If you have short-term thinking to get you to grind, they're not thinking long-term. They're not thinking, oh, you know, if they burn out, they're going to leave. We're going to have to train new people. It's going to cost us. And, you know, all these things, lost business, uh, customer service going down. Like they're not thinking like that. They're just thinking like, how much can I squeeze out of this person? I'm paying them a salary, right? And I had this woman on my show who said that she was in residency, medical residency, pregnant with her third child. And the week before she delivered, she worked a hundred and 20 hours. Can you oh imagine? Can oh you? Ima- I'm like, dude, I've never worked 120 hours, not pregnant with three kids. I can't even imagine the week before delivery. You know what I mean? Holy crap. <laughs> so, and so she did it. Is, she did it. This is real. And the reason she did it was because she was trying to take care of whoever is going to have to step in for her while she was gone. She didn't want that person to be burdened with all of her work. So we have people who really have their heart in the right place. Yes. They are beautiful, you know, people pleasing people, but at the same time, they're not taking care of themselves and it's a real issue. So that's what I would say is the first environmental factor. The second one is other people's personalities, right? So you might know everything about yourself. Let's assume that you've taken all the personality inventories, you know what your strengths are and you know what triggers you and you know all the things about yourself, how you how you uh, engage in different circumstances and what's the best way to kind of show up. But then you end up with things that are totally outside of your control. You have a boss who's a micromanager or people on your team have poor communication or you're waiting on a piece of the project and the person's totally procrastinating. And it doesn't even have to be that you work in a company. You could be an entrepreneur running your own business and you're waiting on contractors. You're waiting on somebody that you've delegated something out to and they have poor time management skills or they're not communicating to you that they're having an issue. So all of a sudden now you're sitting and waiting for this thing and it's holding up your business and you, and you're not, selling as much, or you're not, you know, producing as much or whatever it is. And that creates a lot of stress for you. So what do you do when you're dealing with other people's personalities? And finally, we have social stressors. So even if everything is amazing at work, right, we still have life going on. So we know that if you are doing like what everybody's doing during COVID, like you're moving, right, or you're getting a divorce, or you're pregnant, or you have uh, children, or you're a new parent, or somehow like you have a family member that is ill, or has there's some sort of death in the family, right? All of these things are real, and it's part of life. And so if you feel the stress of all of that, 
even if everything's great at work, it's going to affect you. And most of the time, not everything's perfect at work. So now we've got all of the things coming together and you can start to see how everybody's burning out for different reasons. Right. And we have to know how to manage that. Exactly. It's like the perfect storm. And then the third P of course, is your personality. And, um, it's really important to understand how all of these things come together. So your programming actually dictates the kind of personality that you're going to have, because as we said, there's a lot of conditioning that happens. There's a lot of role modeling that's shaped how you see the world. You've had early life experiences that have solidified your view of yourself and other people. So this actually shows up in your personality and I like to think of burnout with, with regards to personality as three clusters, three, okay. um, I would say like burnout profiles. So just to simplify matters. And of course, if you, if you do one of these personality assessments, you get more nitty gritty, you get like the reports and all the details, but just to, just to conceptualize it right now, I like to think about it like this. So there's the thinker, the feeler and the doer. Okay. And the thinkers are the people who go through a mental obstacle course of perfectionism, self-criticism, indecisiveness, imposter syndrome, and they catastrophize all of these things really create unnecessary anxiety, all of which really deplete them of energy and contribute to their burnout. So you can start to get a picture of what this looks like and maybe even identify as a thinker, right? It's the person who can't fully relax. They're full of negative self-talk. They have a lot of internal stress and pressure, right? They restrict their life because they have so much fear. They um, are constantly looking for reassurance. And I can go on and on, but you're getting the picture. These are the people that tend to have more anxiety and they end up feeling really lonely because they're trying to do everything by themselves and they're trying to do it perfectly. Yeah. It's exhausting. It's exhausting just listening to it. Right. But but this is what happens. Right. So, you know, we, I was mentioning before my client who was staying late at work, she was an example of a thinker and she had a lot of resentment and she really wanted to enjoy her work and not feel constantly tired. Um, And what it turned out is the reason why it was taking her so much longer. And the reason why she was spending so much extra time at work is not because they had unrealistic expectations for her as she initially thought, but because she was a perfectionist, she wanted so much to know everything and help with everything that if somebody asked her a question and she didn't know, she would then have to do the research and then follow up with them. And it was creating all this extra work. And I said to her, why don't you just schedule a follow-up appointment? At least then it, it, you're accounting for that time. You're not like spending double the amount of time sure. on one appointment and then running out of time for your life. And she started to do that. And I actually, you know, a lot of times, Connie, it's about focusing your mind. And they have a lot of my clients, when they first come to me, they have this concept, like, I can't do it any faster, or it's not possible, right? Which is why I'm in this predicament. So I basically had her, I I basically challenged her to do what I called the three shift challenge, right? Because she, she's a veterinarian. So I said, for the next three shifts, which was how many shifts she had between our sessions, I said, I want you 
to leave on time. Leave on time. Did she freak out? She was like, you know, and this is what's so great about coaching, right? Is we need that accountability. We need that like container. We need the challenge. We need the focus. Yep. She did it. She did it. And then she emailed me and she was like, that blew my mind. It had never happened prior, but like when I put her to the challenge, it was like, what happened was she showed up to work laser focused. She was like, nope, can't do that. Nope, that can wait. I have to do this. And she got it done and she left on time. And if we do this on the regular, we have a life. We can relax. We don't burn out, right? So this is so important. Again, I didn't do that exercise with any one of my other clients because their challenges are all so different. Exactly. But that's why I'm saying it's really important to know what your burnout code is so we can have those custom tailored solutions. Absolutely. Know that we're not cookie cutter people. Our situations are not cookie cutter. You need customized solutions that are going to work for you, not that it worked for someone else. I love that. We're, We're almost out of time, but I do want you to go through. So there were three profile personalities that are typical or really be mindful of is burnout in your future if you're not already in the throes. So the one is the thinker. That was the the example with the veterinarian leaving on time was your solution. Can you share the other two? I'm curious. Yeah. So the feeler is somebody who burns out because they end up focusing on pleasing other people. As we mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. they take on more than they can chew. They become so overwhelmed in the process that they collapse They're filled Mm. with guilt about saying no, Mm. but then they're resentful when they say yes, which makes them feel really trapped and emotionally exhausted no matter what they do. It's like a double-edged sword, right? Total double-edged sword. And it comes from this deeper place where they believe that they're not important. So they're Mm. not getting their needs met. Um, They're emotionally depriving themselves. They feel empty, invisible, and really disconnected from others. And they really struggle because like I said, There's guilt on one side and then there's resentment on the other side. Mm -hmm. And it really does leave them like in a lose-lose situation. So so not feeling worthy. There's an element of not feeling worthy in there, I think. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it's it's a problem, right? For a lot of people. Um, and like I said, these are the people that have the biggest heart. Yeah. And trying to take care of all the people. But underneath that is a real desire for external approval. And that is just the wrong solution because no matter how much they do, even if they get that approval, they're always up to the next task and have to do it all over again. And they never actually arrive. It never feels like, okay, I'm, I've done enough. This is good. I'm, I'm good. You know, it's always like, I got to do more. Like this person needs another thing for me or a different person needs something. And so it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah. Things. Anybody listening? My heart's and I'm sending love to you. If you feel that way, <laughs> what's the third one, Shar? So the third one is your doers, and those are people who burn out because they try to do too much. And this is a real example. I had somebody on my podcast who said they started a business while they were pregnant, right? And uh, they were giving seventy plus hours a week while trying to raise their kids. They had one kid with special needs and on top of having a dog, they got a puppy, right? A little self-inflicted. Uh... <laughs> it's like, we're trying to do all the things, but right now, like That's yesterday, 
right? And it's like, it's completely unrealistic. And it's that constant drive. And these are the people who will end up saying, I don't have time for meditation. I don't have time for self-care. Like, even if I thought that I had total buy-in, like, yeah, that would be amazing. Who's got time for that stuff? Like, I'm so busy. I got so many balls up in the air. My, you know, I've got work to do and I've got all these things going on and I got my business and I got my kids and I got all the stuff and I have to be like perfect in everything I do. Like I got to do a great job. Right. So it's, it's really that unrelenting where, whereas the thinker, it's really about the quality of what you do. The doer is more about the quantity. Like I yeah. have to keep doing, and I got to keep going and I keep taking on more stuff and more stuff. And so one of the questions people often ask me is, can I be more than one of these? Because sometimes people listen to these three descriptions and they're like, I'm all three. And I'm like, yes. And that's absolutely possible. And that puts you at even greater risk for burnout. Right. So it's good to the trifecta. That. If you have all three, it's like right? the trifecta. If you haven't burnt out, it's, it's probably, it, it's probably going to happen at some point, I would imagine. Yeah. So these are risk factors, right? I, yeah. And, um, and so I, I think it's important for people to really know what working too much looks like. Um, they have to start paying attention to themselves rather than everything external. And that's where a lot of the work happens. I think you read in my bio that a lot of the work that I do is working on your relationship with yourself yeah. Because, you know, people often burn out and they're like, oh, I got to change something external like my job. And it's like, let's just focus on you. And, and it's funny because we're out of time, but just what you said, oh, I got to find another job. Then they find another job and they're like, oh my God, it's the same thing I was dealing with, but it's even worse because exactly. it's a pattern where we're repeating the same pattern instead of doing the pattern interruptive changing us, then you're going to look for a totally different job or find out the job you're in. It's actually perfect for you. You just saw it from the wrong perspective, right? So it, it really, we have the answers. I know, right, right, Sharon? We have the answers, but man, oh man, sometimes they're really hard to mine and, and find, et cetera. So we're out of time, but everyone, of course, Sharon's my very good friend and I love her and she's extremely generous. And so she has a free gift for everybody. I'll put the link in the uh, show notes, but it's uh, to crack your personal code and it's called crackmycode.com slash burnout, burnout doc. Did I get that right, Sharon? Yeah, I, I am the burnout doc. You are the burnout doc. <laughs> Yes, you are. And you're very good at it too. Um, the other, just the other personal thing I want to say, please everybody. And again, I'll put it in the, the show notes, but crackmycode.com slash burnout doc. Um, Sharon really is a customizable approach um, because of her background, obviously in this whole field and because of the tools that are available and the tools that she's developed and shares, um, she really does customize. So you're not a cookie cutter when you come to Sharon. So again, I totally uh, support you, Sharon, because I think what you're doing out there is so freaking needed, not just for business owners, but for corporate people um, as well. I don't care where you are in your corporate career. You know, my kids are starting out, they're 22 and 25, and there's stresses. 
with that, you know, of not being good enough? Am I showing up? Am I in the right job? You know, all of the things that young people go through. So again, I highly recommend it. Also, Sharon and I did record another show on priming, priming your brain, like you would prime a, a wall before you paint. Yes. And again, it's it, right. It, Sharon, it's all about under, understanding self and really understanding like you did with the veterinarian that you said, this is the challenge, you know, in the next three days, leave on time. And, and she did. And, and the, the, the practice didn't implode on her. Right. And she actually got to go for a walk or eat, make dinner, whatever it was that she was able to do in her, her spare time. So yeah, Sharon, I love you. Thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your wonderful perspective, your very heartfelt um, solutions, and that you you really customize who is the person in front of me, and you really customize it. And, and I do appreciate that. Because, you know, with sales with me, my clients, I don't, it, yeah, I have a program. Yeah, I have this. Yeah, I use the same tools. But every client is a little bit different because they're all coming from a different perspective on sales or their career or whatever it might be. So I love that you're this customizable kind of doctor solution out there. So I appreciate you for doing that. Thank you so much. And I appreciate you having me on the show to talk about this because I know there are so many entrepreneurs that listen to this show and burnout and entrepreneurism, they just go hand in hand. So it's a needed message for a lot of people. Yeah. And you know, my corporate um, clients too, I have a lot of corporate people, corporate career people and burnout in the corporate world is exponential since COVID the, you know, the great resignation, that's another whole conversation, but you know, burnout is real. And I think it's happening more and more. Maybe because we're looking at it, we under we understand it's there now, so we we actually can acknowledge it. But I think that the we've we've put so many demands on ourselves personally that burnout. If you haven't burned out, you're you're probably going to burn out. And I know that's for myself too, Sharon. Right? That's all of us. We all be, all could go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, and I know that there's a lot of shame for people about that. And I want to say that if you burn out, it has absolutely zero to do with how smart you are. Yeah. It's really just about the things that we talked about. It's about the way that you've been conditioned to think. It's yeah. about the culture that you work in. And it's about your personality and all the things that you're trying from a loving place to try to do in yeah. order to feel good. And yeah. you just have the wrong program going into the workplace. And so understanding these factors is going to really help you to show up differently. Yeah. And it'll move the needle. So I I love it, right? Whatever, wherever people are. So Sharon, thank you again. Um, Always a great conversation. And I just always find useful, valuable information from you. And I love that free gifts that everybody could really start to peel back their own personal onion, so to speak, and discern what, where am I all three? Am I heavier on one? And then there are some solutions that you can do. Once you understand something, I think you're more open to making the changes necessary to change whatever that situation is. So thank you so much again. I, I, I do. I love our conversations. Likewise. Yeah. And I hope you will join me weekly as we question and build and discover together that no matter where you are in your career, no matter where you are in this stage of burnout, our conversation today, I really do hope that my guests and I together, that we share stories, ideas, you know, our own, our own personal stories and authenticity that we're sharing with you, that you take this information that Sharon shared, use the code, you know, that the free gift um, to discern what your code is, because now it puts you in a position of power. Information's great guys, but doing something with that information 
implementing, even if it's a little easy thing that you change in your life, one simple thing that creates the magic on the back end um, and hopefully keeps you from the burnout. Again, please reach out to um, uh, Sharon. I want to give your website one more time. Uh, uh, decode, listen to the podcast. That was the other thing I wanted to say. Decode your burnout. Um, Sharon has a show. It's weekly, right, Sharon? It's weekly. Yeah. Please check that out. And again, the free link, uh, crackmycode.com slash burnout doc. And I hope that helps you on your journey of change and changing your sales game. Um, thanks for tuning in to Changing Your Sales Game with me, your host, Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.net. Again, I hope our conversation today just helped you understand or maybe put a magnifying glass or a light on things that are happening in your life. And hopefully we've empowered you and given you some tools and strategies to implement immediately. Again, use the code and um, see how it can change your life. Thank you so much for joining us this week. And I will see you all next week. I look forward to it. Thanks for being on this journey of change and life with me. Have a good one. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow. Follow.